ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binaries of all ages, welcome to the show. If you're here to learn character creation, you're in the wrong place. We're doing cat creation today. This is how to make a literal cat in your favorite RPG. I am Joel Holland. And I am Austin Irwin. Hey, what's up? How you been? I've been pretty good, you know, just uh, chilling. You know, I've been taking a lot of cat naps uh, with my cat um, over the holiday weekend that we just had. Nice. Wait, what holiday was that? I wasn't paying attention. Uh, uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, yeah, episode. that's right. It. Sorry, <laughs> we're in December now, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's like the end of December by the time our audience is hearing this. Anyway, so have you heard of uh, this place called Australia? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've heard whispers about it. I know they like to keep it down under the covers, you know? Yeah. Uh, we have a guest with us calling in all the way from Australia today. Oh, wow. And that is uh, Steve D. of Tin Star Games. Hello. Well, good day. <laughs> <laughs> Either way is fine. Yep. Uh, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, so yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about your RPG experience? Sure. Well, I've been playing RPG since I was 11 or so back in 1988. I think I started with the old Red Book D&D. Um, and I've been making my own RPGs since almost as long. Um, and I've been publishing RPGs since about uh, 2011. Um, so, uh, and I've been working as a freelance writer in the industry um, for even longer. So um, almost 20 years of that, I think. Um, and yeah, uh, actually 25 years now, I think about it. Um, and I run my own company called Tin Star Games, and we're publishing our own RPGs now as well. So I've done pretty much a bit of everything. Freelance writer, game designer, publisher, reviewer, all sorts of things over over a long time in role-playing games. That's wow. a lot of accomplishments. A seasoned veteran. Yeah. I've only got like 25 years, a little bit more than that, of life. <laughs> but, just, but that means, you know, I've got the back problems and the... the, the the health issues as I start to get into my into my middle middle years. Yeah, I get. I guess that's uh, ne that's never pleasant. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you actually made the game that we are going to be talking about today, didn't you? I did. Yes. And would you like to to tell us a little bit about that, since you're the most familiar with it? Sure. Uh, the game is called Relics: A Game of Angels. It is a game about players taking the role of fallen angels who have uh, come down from heaven to try to fight for uh, what they believe in on earth with the do battle against the demons that are also on earth um, but when they fell they found that sort of lost the connection with God and lost some of their powers so they were scattered across history having minimal effects on our on our timeline um, and living for thousands and thousands of years but as the campaign begins uh, God has disappeared the angelic powers are waking back up and a cold war has turned into a very very hot one and Angels and demons begin fighting over the fate of the entire Earth and the fate of the universe while also trying to figure out um, where God has gone and, and what is the future for them. All right. That's that's a pretty pretty neat premise for an RPG. Oh, yeah. If you've ever seen any of the um, um, prophecy films or Wings of Desire or anything like that or even Touched by an Angel, you know vaguely where we are. I don't know that I've seen any of those, actually. <laughs> Touched by an Angel is. It's been a while since that one was on TV. That was that was sort of a drama with with you know a nice angel lady who went and solved people's relationship problems. Um, Funny enough, that's the only one of those I've heard about. <laughs> I feel like the only reason I know about that is because I listen to another podcast where they joke about its existence frequently. <laughs> yeah, I like to throw in occasional curveballs there, but you know, you've also seen if you've seen Good Omens, you know where we are as well. Oh yeah, I know that yeah. one. Very familiar with that. Um, and there's also lots of stuff that we took from um, Neil Gaiman's Sandman. So there's actually a lot of stuff on TV now you can point Ooh. to and go. It's like that. Warrior yes. Nun as well. If you've seen Warrior Nun. Um, I know Warrior Nun. Yep. I've heard but never seen. Two seasons out now. You should totally watch it. Yeah. Want to see some nuns kicking ass? It's good well, stuff. I'll have to give it a shot. <laughs> yep. Anyway, we are going to go through the character creation system of this game real quick if possible but before we do that we've got a few things we need to make sure we're all on the same page on first off we're working with cats we're not going to be making an angel as the game 
wants us to, we are going to be playing as a house cat. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how that works because we don't really give you a lot of options for that. Mm. You can make a cat. You can make a cat that's secretly an angel, but making an actual cat, we'll see how we go. It yeah, we'll we'll just have to see how that goes. Anyway, we've got some rules that we have to follow when we're doing this, just to ensure that we stay on the intended path of the show, which is make cat. <laughs> Our rules are, rule number one, we accept no cop-outs. We're making a cat. It's the exact animal that comes to mind when I say the word cat. Not some anthropomorphic race, not a person turned into a cat, or not an angel turned into a cat in this case. Not a lion, tiger, or any other cop-out you can imagine. Rule number two is homebrew isn't real. Uh, if the rules do not explicitly allow it to happen, it counts as a rule broken. Uh, if we come across rules as written versus rules as intended, we go with whichever one says no. This yep. one will be a lot easier to keep track of since we have the designer here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If the game includes stats for a literal cat, those must be used or adapted to the game's character sheets. Uh, does that is that applicable to this game? No, there are no, there are no stats for cats. Okay. Um, the let's see the character class background playbook job what have you has to exist within the game's core rules or as a part of an official expansion. Uh, we cannot use homebrew classes yet again as they do not exist. Is there an official expansion to this game for a cat? No. Will there be after this episode? Yeah, uh, maybe we'll maybe put out a, a little thing on on online um, the cat book. So the next thing we gotta know the, kill, the <clears throat> excuse me the cat can learn any skill available to its class. We have to assume that if they are of that class or whatever, that they have the training and skills to pull off the class's abilities. So like we had a cat that had the magical ability to seal away people's superpowers. Uh, it had that ability because it worked for an organization that gave that kind of training. Exactly. There's one caveat to though that, though, which is rule six. Rule six, which is if a tool would be physically impossible for a literal cat to use, even if comically downsized for them, they can't use it. Uh, no chainsaws, no whips, <laughs> hammers, uh, you know, anything of that sort. Yep. No katana. No katanas. <laughs> no. Um, not yet, anyway. And finally, we have to keep track of every rule we break. Again, you are probably going to be able to point that out a lot better than we are. Yeah. <laughs> so this will be an interesting one. Uh, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into character creation. Do you want to want to kind of walk us through these steps here? The steps are designed to create uh, an angel. So I'm not sure where you, where we're going to um, deviate from them. Um, probably immediately. Uh, yeah, you don't you don't come up with an idea first. It's all very randomly driven. That's something that I always like to do. So every step of the the process, you can choose something from a table, but you can also do what we call a major draw or a minor draw. That allows you you drawing from the tarot deck. I don't know if you guys have one handy. We're probably not going to use it, but um, you can draw and either get the suit of the minor um, tarot decks. So you get basically a, a choice from four um, swords, uh, coins, cups and uh, wands, um, or uh, staves as we call them, uh, or you, you're drawing from the major arcana and getting a number between 0 and 21. Uh, and that allows you to, uh, yeah, basically get a very random character that you weren't expecting. It starts by determining the angelic aspect, and then it goes into, you know, which, which angel in heaven was your herald who gave you your, your powers and your skills, and then on to how and why you fell to earth. So... Uh, lots of things that do not apply to cats. Well, Austin, do you think yeah. it would be breaking a rule to say that the cat died, went to heaven, and then came back? Mm, breaking one of our rules? Yeah. I would say, mm, technically, it'd still be a cat. It's just resurrected. Plus, one of our rules does dictate they can learn anything in relevance to their class, and if they've been given this class i think they could have some angelic powers you know all right there we go conflict resolved immediately nice it's it's kind of on the fence but i i think we can work okay the first thing we're doing then is deciding an aspect yep now there is an aspect of the lion um but uh it might not be appropriate for for every kitty cat 
Uh, well, aspects represent uh, the sort of overall nature of the angel. And there is the aspect of the lion, the bull, uh, the eagle, and the, the human. Hmm. All right. So uh, I, I'm looking at this here. We've got uh, aspects Arya, Behema, Nesher, and Isha. Arya is the lion, and it is the aspect of striking. This is not just physical attacks or bodily attacks. It includes all forms of forcing, dominating, or destructing act, destructive actions. Behemoth would be the mastery of resisting, the aspect of endurance and persistence. The, the ox-faced angel outlasts, outfights, and outruns all comers and can withstand the greatest blow. And then we've got Nesher the eagle, it looks like. Uh, yep. which is that of swiftness and stillness. The eagle-faced angel is a predator like the lion, but of a different sort. They watch and wait for the perfect moment, swoop down, and fade away. Honestly, that one might be pretty good. Uh, and then finally, the human-faced angel is naturally the most human of all. As such, their nature is the most human of things. Communication. I I like Nesher. Same. Nice. I think Nesher is going to be our best option. Yep. So that is our aspect. Yep. And then our next step, if I'm reading this, is determining our herald. Yep. The right. meshes have the power of movement, um, which means whenever they're moving in, in the game and they draw coins, they they get an automatic success. They're just better at moving than anyone, any other angels. Um, but yes, your herald is next. All right. There are 11 heralds. Um, they all have a power or what we call a dominion which is a, a, a an area of, of uh miracles that they control all right so this is where it looks like you could do you said the major draw which is draw from the major arcana and then get your herald at random that's right hmm. do we want to do we want to do that just like gen generate a number between zero and 21 or do we want to look through these and see if there's one that like just looks correct. So I can tell you, I can I can run down the domains, uh, the dominions, I should say, um, and then you can see if one jumps out. Otherwise, you can do that random pull. We've got Excelsis, which is the ability to do superhuman feats, um, which might fit for a cat, and also get, grant those powers to others. Intercession is the ability to intercede in action. So that's that includes also um, moving very quickly, um, controlling sort of space and time, and controlling uh, objects with your mind as well. We have lightning, which is storms, powers, but also technology. Communion, which is um, communicating with things and reading information and sharing information. Countenance is illusions and, and images. Protection is um, avoiding getting hurt. Healing is healing those hurts. Uh, passings is death and decay. Witness is the ability to see things and notice things beyond your ken. Shaping is the ability to change one thing into another. And finally, fire is the good old classic of throwing fireballs and fire things at people. I think Excelsis and, and Intercession are pretty good ones for cats. They could be. I also like Witness. Yep. Simply because, like, it, cats at least like to think of themselves, I think, as hunters. Yep. So we've, got, we've already got a fast-moving cat with the, uh, the wings of heaven. So yep. it could be that they are... Also, just like super observant, I think a cat would be naturally drawn to the destructive power of fire. But I also agree that the power of strength, or what was the other one you said? Uh, intercession. Yeah, those are all good mm -hmm. options. Austin, you got any thoughts? Yeah, this is a tough one. I like witness as well. Um, Excelsis seems fun too, because there's plenty of arguments to be made of like you know. You, you have a nice little fuzzy friend next to you, you feel a little bit more empowered, you know? You got that little boost of confidence. It wouldn't even be the first time we've given a cat that power. That's true. All right, let's do Excelsis. Excelsis? Right. Yep. Herald. Your herald is Azrael. That, amazingly, is the name of one of my cats as well. Huh. Sometimes right. considered to be the name of the Angel of Death, but the Angel of Death, the, the, the mythology disagrees on lots of these things. All right. So we have Azrael with Excelsis Dominion, and yep. that'll bring us to step four, right? The Descent. Yeah, so this is normally when your angel came to Earth, um, but it could also be when the a cat originally lived. Oh, sorry, no, the first thing is, sorry, that's not true. The Descent is why you fell. I'm a, I'm a step ahead of myself. Why, <laughs> why, the, why the angel came to Earth. Um, so it could be why the, why the cat came back, I guess. Yeah. 
So I'm going to read what the book here has here real quick. Some angels fall on purpose with clear intent in mind, even if that intent wavers when they encounter reality. Others fall by accident with no great plan or through carelessness of memory or vagaries of emotion. The descent is as individual as an angel themselves and for many a deeply private moment. No matter what the reason, there is always some regret, sadness, and anger associated with that choice and the memories around it. So... I see we've got some some reasons listed here as well for for the descents. Yeah, and again, you do it randomly, or you can pick from the table. All right, let's go through these and see if there's one that stands out. We've got passion, rebellion, power, justice, ennui, rejection, atonement, experience, carelessness, madness, or mysterious motives. I don't know. I I'm uh. I'm kind of a fan of carelessness. <laughs> and that's a fun one. That's just, just sort of, he just sort of wandered out of heaven when the door was open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just fell off one of the clouds. It could happen. I think carelessness would be a good one. All right. You guys like carelessness too? Yep. Yes. Okay. Careless. A lot of S's. <laughs> and then step five is mission. Yep. So that's the, there are basically six uh, factions of angels. Without God's clear guidance um, on Earth, they came up with reasons that they might be here or the purpose that they have um, uh, in in what their responsibility is to humans, basically. So the Boots of Humility believe that their job is to to be helpful, but to be in the background, to not interfere with human history um, and and just sort of be invisible. Um, the Belt of Truth believe their job is to sort of understand all of creation and its mysteries. So they 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 deliberately they're, they're seeking out knowledge and information whenever they can the armor of righteousness believe the object is to um work with humanity to fight evil and, and demons so they generally contact humans in secret and try to arm them and protect them the shield of faith also wants to protect humans but they want to do it without humans sort of knowing what's going on and in a more um protective way so they often uh take the role of religious organizations and things trying to inform humans a little bit about what's going on um, but also keep them safe the helm of salvation believes that the best way to sort of protect humanity is to be in power over humanity so they tend to seek out prominent positions of power and influence and then they can lead humanity and then finally we have the sword of wrath who believe that humans aren't really important the important thing is, is killing demons and cleansing the um, the world of them so they they would even sometimes view humans as acceptable casualties so once again we're at the far extreme where humans aren't I can see a cat being in the sort of wrath, because but on the other hand, they do kind of like humans. Yeah, um, I'm I'm leaning towards Helm of Salvation. Maybe our cats the reason that Egypt worshipped them. Nice, very nice. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like both of those a lot. <laughs> Helm of Salvation is really good, though. <laughs> yeah, that that definitely. I mean, cats would be like, yeah, of course we want to be in control. Yeah, um, obviously. I feel like they'd care enough about humans, like like. They'd care if the humans were worshipping them. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's it's incidental, but also they're not going to stop it. Yeah. Might yeah. even encourage it once they get used to it. Yep. <laughs> so, Helm of Salvation, then? Yeah, let's do Helm of Salvation. And then it says we have a rank to apply to, or is that like... Uh, it's, it's implied to be one, unless you're sort of starting a high-level campaign. Gotcha. Okay. Basically, a yeah. rough measure of, of how far up you are in your society um all right in your faction and, and um yeah the assumption is that you're fairly low level to start with gotcha so uh -oh. our step six is describing the relic our dominion and our first miracle yep so um angels have their powers trapped in these these magical items which we call relics that is uh, an item that they find that they that is sort of almost part of their body and carrying with them their whole existence yeah all their powers are sort of contained within that and they need to hang on to it to use that power so for a cat it's got to be something yeah we, we may have some trouble here because as you say a cat has to be able to use it again mm -hmm. there's a random table one to 21 um and they're very general categories to try to just inspire a choice um so this might be a time to generate a number um <clears throat> perhaps so sorry uh, is our relic self-described or there are uh, you 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 can pick anything you want, but you can you um you the, the table gives you an idea of um the category of it. For example, is it a um a memento of a time or a place? Is it a badge of office? Is it a piece of jewelry? Is uh, it a a, pow okay. a powder I, or a liquid? Or oh, something? I see the table here. Okay, I just had to scroll down a bit more. 
Uh, okay, so it says a relic is something in large or part of something large, a weapon or part of one, a piece of armor or part of some, a coin or some other element of trade, a piece of jewelry, an item of clothing, a tool, an image, a sculpture or other work of art, natural object, object either polished or unfashioned, symbol of faith, symbol of membership, a symbol of rank, a memento of time, place, or experience, a toy, game, puzzle, or part of one, an item of communication, an item of science, a replacement body part or sign of medical repair, a powder, liquid, or gas contained somehow, a package or container or part of one, food, drink, or something for cooking or serving them, uh, something that was that once was or was part of a living organism, we could do this randomly, but I kind of think that we could describe either a jewelry or clothing or accessory. That works. True. Because I I can kind of imagine, like, a, it's a cat angel, so what if they just had a collar with a bell on it? I was thinking the same thing. And the bell yep. is the relic. Nice. That's that's particularly funny, because cats often hate their bells. Yeah. <laughs> see. Relic and bell on a collar. I feel like I'm spelling collar wrong. I can't see you spell, so... C-O-L-L-A-R? Yes, that's, right. that's correct. Okay. And every We have um, signifiers in the game, but that's not that's more of a mechanic. So basically you draw, um, you draw a major arcana card, and whenever that card comes up in the game, you, um, you get a new power. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to randomly generate a major arcana card, and I've got strength, which is actually appropriate because it has a big line on it. Um, so that's card number eight in the tarot deck. So anytime strength is drawn... Um, your relic awakens and so that happens. Would um, that be listed under signifier? Yeah, that's your signifier. So it's not something that exists in the setting. It's just this is your card. Um, okay. So when it comes up in play. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. I've listed it here. Especially since our uh, like our dominion is Excelsis, the one that like uh, is yeah. the strength giving. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to step seven: descriptive touches. Wait, did we uh, do our first miracle? Did we? Uh, we we can come back to that later. Um, okay. So yeah, every, every every relic starts with a miracle. Um, we can do that at the end. The next bit is basically so. Well, we can actually. I can jump for it again. We've got random tables for this, so we know we're Excelsis, and we have all these lovely random tables to generate things. So we can generate a level one Excelsis miracle, and that is on page. I think my book said one hundred two. Yeah, one 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 is where Excelsis begins. Um, and again, you just there's a, there's sort of eleven examples that we give you. The, look, the second one on the list is pretty, is pretty good for a cat, maybe. Your claws manifest and do damage like that of a, ooh yeah, that is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think uh, I think we should take that one. Yeah. So in the game, we often talk about how you can like give relics descriptive names because they've often become an item of history. But the main thing you need to just note down is that you have. Um, the power to do your claws manifest. So what they mean there is the claws of the actual angel, because the angels have physical claws in our in our game um, yeah. as part of their leonic aspects. Um, but uh, yeah, your claws can do damage as if it was a mountain lion. That's basically the method miracle. Yeah, every miracle has what we call a trammel, which is a cost. But for low level miracles, that's just simply the fact that it just works once per scene or something. So that's that's okay. all you need to put down there. And now we're on to step seven. That's right. And this is where a lot of the funny things happens because now we get to find out like how you interacted with human history over the years. Um, <laughs> so the first table of that is um, when did you arrive? So we've discovered something about ancient Egypt. So before Egypt, so that's in the first couple. Although because Egypt went for so long, anything from a zero to a seven will give you some <laughs> part of Egypt. Actually, even yeah, and and right up into 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 eight and nine. So again, it's a random table, but it basically goes through all of human history right up to to the modern day. Um, but there's some yeah, early options. You've got all the way back to the beginning of time, and then you know dinosaurs or Neolithic Neanderthals, mm -hmm. and then on to early human settlement, um, Stone Age, and and the beginning of tool use and farming. And then you've got large civilizations first appear from 10,000 BC on in Sumer and and across the Middle East. And the old kingdom of Egypt, then onto the Bronze Age, and then to the Iron Age, and then called antiquity, which is Greece and Rome. 
We know we, we, you were saying Egypt, so probably in those early ones. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You said early Egypt would have been uh, what ten thousand to five thousand BC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or five thousand to two thousand. Sorry. Yeah, one of those two. Yeah, five thousand two thousand BC is, is what we call the, the um, Chalcolithic Age. Um, you've got um, yeah the the very the beginning of what we call the Old Kingdom in Egypt appears from them at that point. Um, horses are domesticated. Yeah. I think that makes I think that makes sense if we're gonna like say that there is a cat that came came down from heaven and ended up worshipped. Yep. Yeah. So the chalcolithic. Yep. Or you know what would really help with this is if I could find out exactly like when Bastet became part of the uh like Mm. the mythology of Egypt because they could like if they went down around that time they the the cat could be seen as like an envoy of Bast. Yeah, absolutely. There is a table that comes up is um, where you figure out what what how you deformed human history, and one of them is you became you know a god or a mystery or something. Um, so I'm looking up second Den- dynasty is when when we know cats were were, um, were worshipped. The wonderfuls of Google. And I'm going to find out when that is. The second dynasty of Egypt was about 3000 BC to 2600 BC. Okay, so that would still be old Egypt then. Yep. Yep. So I'm assuming historical impact would just be become worshipped or yep probably better way to phrase that let me see what it's um yeah so historical impact would be um you became a myth yeah you you created a myth of the of godly cats or the sense of the uh, you created the myth of bastet probably would be another way to say it yeah all right created the myth of bastet we also have the but just before that what we call the angelic work which is the thing that you created in creation now we have a cat that actually died and sort of came back as an angel so we might not have this for our cat because it wasn't there present to sort of sing creation into existence but i'll leave that up to you guys to do. right um so this would be uh, i see minor draw angelic work you created a specific plant animal or biological concept you created a specific piece of geography or the environment you created one of the fundamental pr- principles of physics, chemistry, science, math, or logic, uh, or you created an emotion, thought, abstract concept, belief, or idea. I feel like we could say like the I- like an idea would mm-hmm. work. Like I think we could could say that because this maybe this cat didn't maybe this cat died in a time where humans and cats were not coexisting well, and so came yeah. back to make cats and humans coexist for the benefit of other cats yeah absolutely um we know that we domesticated the cat sometime around about 5000 bc because they were good at, at basically that was when humans started storing large amounts of grain which mice and rats were like hey free food so they were like you know what we need is something that's really good at killing mice and rats um and that's when we domesticated the cat so that could absolutely be his angelic work to just go hey humans do this um <laughs> Yeah, so maybe adjust the cat a little bit so that the cat was like more more um, fam- familiar and happy to to work with humans. Yeah. So we created the idea of familiarity with um, coexisting. Yeah, yeah, coexist. The ability for cats to get along with humans and tolerate them. <laughs> Sounds like a good description to me. And then we've already discussed our uh, historical impact. Yes, I can jump the gun on that. Oh, that's fine. Nice. And so. And then we talk a lot about what the angel looks like, and you can roll on a table for gender, or draw, I should say, draw a card on a table for gender and age. Um, I, I, again, that, that's an odd one for cats, but but they would have an apparent gender, and, and it could be an old or a young cat. Yeah. So we can you can, you can do human years and then adjust. For this one, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't have a, a gender preference in mind, because while well, I think uh, Egypt would po- potentially see this cat as, like, an envoy of, of Bast, I don't know that they see it, see the the cat as Bast herself. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily have to to be Bast, which means it could be any gender. Let's let's roll for this one. Yeah, nice. I'm um, pulling up the tarot uh, drawing thing, and I drew judgment. So check the number at the top. That's what you want. Uh, X twenty. Twenty. Yep. Uh, which is a female cat. All right. So we have a feminine presenting cat. Um, apparent age. You know, let's draw for this one again, because I, I don't know, the cat could appear like a really, really old cat. 
Here, I I got two, the two of swords. Uh, no, you want to you want to draw major only. Um, so there's a button on that website that just that clicks for major arcana. You scroll down a bit. Yeah. So if you don't know the tarot, listeners, there are, there's basically trump uh, suit. There's the four basic suits, which each are numbered from uh, one to ten, and then there's the um, the what's called the page, the knight, the queen, and the king, giving you fourteen cards. And then there's what we call a trump suit, which is the major arcana, which are numbered from 0 to 21 and include cards like the Fool and the Wizard. Um, and uh, we basically split those up just for character generation. Um, in play, they get shuffled back together. So my Major Arcana was uh, 12, the Hanged Man. That's going to be probably a middle-aged cat. 12 is 30. So um, in cat years, that would be, what, still probably pretty young, like 5 at the Three oldest. Or four or five, yep. So, a cat in its prime. That's right. So we have a feminine pre- presenting cat in its prime, uh, and we are now uh, looking for other features. So there are, we talk a little bit about like what your, um, the angels have a thing we call the guys, which is a um, basically a way that they can fit into modern society where they just sort of, they pick a job and then go, right, I'm a doctor, so obviously I have a white coat and a stethoscope and some hospital <laughs> treats me as being on their books. And I don't think a cat needs that. Um, no, I was looking uh, at there's a a thing for markings, like you're covered in scars or have different colored yeah. eyes. or Yeah, so we talk, um, one of the themes of relics is that the angels don't really fit in. They are effectively tourists on Earth, um, and so they don't quite understand everything about humanity and part of that reflects in in how they created their physical costumes so even a cat who was alive and has come back is going to be only approximating a cat and so this table gives you a again a lovely random choice of something about your image or your presence or your physicality that is off and that someone who looked closely might discover that it wasn't quite right yep that's right gives gives you away all right do we want to draw for this one as well um yeah, let's draw for this one. It'd be hilarious if we got the you have a tail one. Just <laughs> uh, thirteen. I got. Hmm, I, I I thought I had the the one that was only drawing majors, but I just got a whole bunch of minors in a row. Draw a major arcana card. Here we go. Uh, death, which is thirteen. You have you a have tail. A tail. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have two tails? Yeah, that sounds great. Because, like, like, a cat already comes with one. A two-tailed cat would be an amazing... You wouldn't notice at first. So one's like the angel, one's the angelic supernatural tail, one's the sort of real tail, inverted commas. Mm-hmm. That's and great. That's yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we have our mark. Yep. And then uh, costume. I think you're right. We, let's. Is there a costume table? Or... No, there's nothing like no. that. Okay, so we don't really, yeah, you're right. We don't really need to worry about a costume. Then we, the last thing then is what we call the mortal connection, um, which is about trying to, giving basically angels inevitably, just as they get involved in human history, they get involved with mortal lives. So there's again a random table to see what sort of human that they become in, um, involved with in, the, in the, wherever you're setting your game. So this is normally about like, um, you know, we're we're going to be playing in the modern day, not not in the past history. Although we better be careful about pulling a card on the table because the first one is your lover, and we don't want to have anything. Like that. Um, oh, it could be another cat. Ah, yes. Okay, I like that. Yep. Uh, well, see. well saved. <laughs> uh, I could roll a d8 here and use the eight as a zero. Uh, the table goes all the way up to that's, twenty-one. That's you just got to go to the next stage. Oh, ah, uh, okay. <laughs> it was cut off. <laughs> all right. Uh, you want me to just draw another card and see? Yep. Okay. I got strength, which is eight. Eight Uh-oh. is a stranger you see every day, such as on a bus or a park bench. Hmm. Th- that's oddly fitting. Yep. Yep. A bit of a stray cat. Maybe somebody that gave this cat, you know, food or something before, you know, humans had domesticated cats. Maybe. But if if this is taking place in the modern day, I think it would just be part of like the cat's modern like routine. Like I don't know that this cat would still necessarily live in in Egypt or they could. They get they yeah. absolutely could. It's just like they now hang out by a bus stop and there's some some guy who comes by every day and uh feeds the birds but also brings along 
uh, cat treats now because the cat shows up. Yeah, in a pot or something. That's good. Yeah. Um, Maybe the cat lives with other like stray feral cats, and someone just comes by and gives them treats periodically. Yeah, that's that's actually really common. Um, hmm. People can't always take in cats, but there, there's lots of. I know where I live in Sydney, in Australia, there's there's pockets of of feral cats that that we just sort of that are kept alive um, because people feed them and. Um, yeah, and and there's just a lot of we have a lot of problem here with people abandoning <laughs> cats and cats um, going slightly feral. Well, maybe yeah. the cat lives in Australia now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So there's the only thing that you sort of do that's sort of not in the rules is figuring out. Well, uh, is yeah, like where is this campaign set? Why why are our angels together and outside the scope of a single character? Okay, gotcha. So they, okay, yeah, we all work in Australia. We all do this, but yeah, you could. I mean, a Sydney cat is absolutely possible. All right. That gives us time at least to do step eight, memories. Yeah. The really unique thing about relics uh, is the way we have this um, memories mechanic. Uh, angels have lived on Earth, as we've just established, since, you know, time immemorial, since ancient Egypt. And so they have, instead of having skills, they have these memories of things that they've learned over the... And one of the really fun things you do in character narration with the rest of the group is you get memories of, of the other people of you. So they go, I remember that time that we met in London in the 16th century and we saw a Shakespeare play together and things like that. And that's how you get your skills. Oh. You, do start with, you start with one that you have on yourself for yourself. And that can allow you to um, give you some sort of self definition about what you have. So you get, you get your first choice. So that's on page 55 where it says the first memory. Okay. Sure. We typically, when we do stuff like this, uh, things that happen within a group, we kind of leave that up to like players like yep. if somebody chooses to pull this cat and use them. Um, so we can definitely do the first memory to get... Yep. yep. The the party that uses this will have to determine the memories this cat has of the other angels. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but there is a table, if you want, you can use... There's a table about um, to generate... When you're generating memory ideas, we have two tables you can use. One is about, like what what the event is about that player like um we would do we were fighting over something we almost died but the table before that is about what is the uh, emotion attached to the memory which you can use for your first memory as well so that's on page 56 i think uh, 57 yeah 57. The, mem the memory emotion yep okay so i can i can draw for that again real quick okay and i got the hierophant which is five uh, so that's a fear-based memory Okay. So the skill can be whatever you want, but the one thing that we always like to focus on is, as I say, to build up the this great history is like it's not just oh yeah I know how to drive it. It's this is this time that in this period of history when this was going on I had to learn how to do X. Um, now uh, so it can be whatever kind of skill you want, but you get to add a little flavor text to it. We know that it was something that was frightening. I've got an idea for this based actually based on our. Based on our, our backstory that we've established through character creation so far, we know that this cat started its journey in Egypt, becoming an envoy of a cat of a cat god, so that people would uh, respect and eventually align with cats for their mutual benefit, right? But Egypt fell, and sometime after that, the cat ended up in Australia. So we could say the cat, like either has incredible hunting skills uh, because it had to learn to fend for itself for a while with no with no constant home, or it learned to swim to, like, uh, escape the uh, the land where it uh, was no longer, it no longer felt welcome. I like that second one a lot. Just, like, getting over a cat's, like, natural fear of water to move on with his life, yeah. or with her, with her life. Yeah. So we, like... We we like the swim thing. Yes. Yeah. All right. Cool. And then, is there anything left to do besides come up with a name? No. And if you do want, there is a table at the end of the book. Well, it's a list of massive numbers of of angelic names from cultures in the Middle East. Uh, we could look up Egyptian words. Obviously, I think Bast actually means originally meant cat in Egyptian. That uh, I would believe that. We know it's a. Um, we could. You could look up like the word the word dapt. D-A-B-T was, was like the word for black, as in black as charcoal. What color is our cat? We never decided We that. did never decide the color of the cat. I mean, we could do a black cat. Um, yeah, D-A-B, and then 
or it's basically the the bt sound which we don't really have in english d-a-b-t is, is the word for for black all right a black cat with two tails is very very evocative yeah it's a really nice idea in the prime so, of her life so d-a-b-t was the name yep yep yeah so, uh we should also say that every angel has a miracle based on their aspect there are some things that angels can do automatically they can all fly they can all they can drop their their vision and show their sort of true angelic self they are effectively made of flame so they can generate small amounts of fire and when they can fly though they can fly very slowly as if they're just sort of walking they don't really have proper wings but the uh nesha cats the nesha sorry the nesha angels they have the really famous big wings that means that they can soar and out fly almost as fast as a jet and they can soar like angels uh, soar like eagles the wings of heaven i believe is is also a miracle that um dabbed will have so we have a flying cat with two tails all right a flying swimming cat with two tails very nice is there anything else i think okay well if that's it then i think that's it and we don't really need to do like a, a whole other thing about lore because that just kind of came about naturally yeah that's something i really like to do in character generation i want you to 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 not just generate stats but go um uh find out who you are along the way yeah that's a really great way of doing it i like that one of my favorite things to do in character creation is to write a backstory first of who i think this character is and what they have experienced in the world that they're being put into and then i'll decide okay Usually, you know, I'll have like a class or something in mind, but if I get to the end of that writing process and I'm like, you know, I wanted this to be a sorcerer, but I think they'd actually be better as like a druid more specifically or something like that. I love doing that and picking things based on, you know, like not like I'm not, oh, I'm going to optimize my stats for (laughs) blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, this person is like, they're a wizard, but they're not great at it. So they're actually kind (laughs) of dumb. And uh, like, for me, like, my favorite uh, RPG is a game called City of Mist. We've actually already done it on the show. I brought on a friend of mine who was in my RPG campaign the last time I played City of Mist. Uh, the th- that's what I like about it, is, like, uh, your character creation is basically, you come up with your backstory, and then you kind of codify that backstory into what the game calls power tags. So, like, you decide yep. an aspect of your character... Then you determine, okay, so that that has, uh, here's the experience I have from that, and here's how I use that experience in a practical way. It, it's a great system. I love it. And, like, all of, you don't, you don't level up necessarily when you play that game. You gain and lose skills as you go as part of character development. Like, all character development is immediately mechanically uh, ingrained. Nice, nice. And this this kind of this kind of gives me that same kind of that same kind of feeling going through it because like we've we've determined everything about this this cat and it's it's rich backstory just by doing character creation and I love that. Awesome. Yep. That's that's great. That's what we want. And yeah, um, sometimes at conventions when we've had limited time, just um, made characters and then people are like, oh, this is just really exciting. I can't believe. And especially if you didn't have time to do memories and just go, oh, you, you you end up building this whole complicated backstory and web of intrigue where you have relationships with people and you, you know, because memories are often fallible, but also they're often dramatic. It's like, oh, I remember that time you stabbed me in the back, right? <laughs> Trying to, you know, save this cele- this famous person. You've insisted that they um, get killed and, and, you know, you, you end up with this very, very conflicting um, backstory uh and and emotion that you really want to get to the table and start playing with which is great yeah Mm -hmm. um we want we want um i mean character generation is really setting you up for the campaign and and what too often happens with some games is that you've just got these characters that they have stats but they have no reason to go anywhere or do anything they're not connected to other players or connected to the world and and it's really important that i think to put those things in Uh, is is there anything else we want to establish about about this cat before we uh we wrap up or it looks good all right in that case let's let's uh go ahead and wrap up uh so steve do you have anything you've got going on right now that you'd like to promote while you're here with us uh we are counting down to our next kickstarter it hasn't launched yet it's going to launch in the, in february next year 
um, after the Holloway Madness, but we are, <laughs> we are going to launch our new game, which is called The Score. Um, and it also has a very sort of different take on, on generating lots of prompts, but that happens in play. It is a game that, that uses only cards. Um, you have 18 cards, and they all have these prompts of cool events that happen in a heist. So you're creating a heist movie, oh, uh, and by, you, you have just 18 cards, and you shuffle the cards together, and the way they come out tell this amazing heist story, which means you can play an entire sort of heist movie in less than 20 minutes. Uh, Relics is all about getting you started with you know, hitting the ground running. This is about me trying to build as the fastest possible role-playing <laughs> game I could. Uh, and we've succeeded with that. We've, 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 we've tested it all over conventions this year, and we've always had these really fast and exciting games. So that's called The Score. It's coming up. Uh, the Kickstarter is launching in February, and we're doing lots of reveals and um, promotions as we are counting down to that date. So check it out. The website for our games, all our games, is tinstargames.com, and we'll be having lots of info there. And, yeah, look for The Score on Kickstarter. All right. Thank you. Uh, Austin, how about you? Do you have anything yeah. you would like to promote? Um, you know, just my usual uh, catch me on all all your fancy websites, uh, including a new one. Um, I finally given in. Joel's finally convinced me. I've made a Tumblr, <laughs> um, so you can find me there at Avalon Alchemist. Um, but beyond that, I have nothing. What about you, Joel? Anything new going on? I guess not. Like, we've got the show going on. I've got the game that I told you a few weeks ago, or I guess months at this point, uh, at least a month ago, that I was working on. But it's still mostly just a two-page Google Doc and a barely edited template project in Unreal, so... Hey, sometimes that's all you need. Well, I mean, not to publish, but... <laughs> yeah, no... <laughs> But uh, uh, but I guess uh, the other thing we need to talk about is where the show can be found. Assuming that you are listening to this in your friend's car and didn't download it yourself. If you go to literalcatpod.start.page, then you will find basically all of the links to the show as it exists online. You can find our email address first and foremost. That's the important one. Because that is where you can send us pictures of your cats. That is where you can uh, send us challenges. So, like, if there's a specific type of cat you'd like to see, you can email us about it. If there's a game you'd like to see us play, you can email us about that. In fact, if you do that, we might ask you to be a guest on the show if you consider yourself an expert in that game. Uh, that's, nice. that's what happened to Steve here. Absolutely. You can also follow the show on social media. It's mostly Twitter and Tumblr at this point. Twitter is by some miracle still chugging along. Getting worse every day, but still chugging along uh, for the moment. At least until it gets kicked off the App Store, which sounds like a real possibility uh, for some reason. Hmm. Uh, Did not hear about that one. Yeah, no, Elon Musk has been complaining about it all week. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dating, dating the show when we're recording again, I guess. Uh, yeah. But um, so as, as long as Twitter still exists, you can get news about the show on Twitter. If you would like to directly engage with us, you can also kind of do that on Twitter. But we have a like a Tumblr as well. And I'd, I'd like to try and direct a lot of the like direct engagement over there if possible because tumblr has this very nice little uh ask us anything button where you can click on it and send us a question um and that's just a really neat like way to engage with with people and i think that's fun so send us questions on tumblr uh, what's the tumblr account oh yeah it's uh you can find it if you go to literalcatpod.start.page but our Tumblr and Twitter handles are also literal cat pod. Nice. Uh, and what else is over there? Right. You'll find the YouTube channel as well as links to a few different uh, ways to subscribe to the show. There's a button for good pods, I think. And there's also just a button to grab the RSS feed so you can plug it into whatever pod podcatcher you use. But if you subscribe to the show on YouTube, we post the episodes there a little later in the evening, around 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I guess I should say Eastern Daylight Time, specifically. Um, we post them there around around 5.30 p.m. And it's set up as a premiere, so there's live chat when the episode airs. So we can all sit and enjoy it as a watch party, if you want. 
bring your bring your friends or whatever. It's bring, some, bring a snack, you know. Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, please remember to rate and review on your listening service of choice. If your listening service of choice does not have the ability to let you rate and review, you could always go over to Podchaser and leave a review. I do check Podchaser about once or twice a week, at least, sometimes daily. And fi finally, uh, as of right now, you can uh, find all our character sheets at a Dropbox which you can access through the bitlink bit.ly slash literal cat pod. And I think that's everything for us. Mm -hmm. Okay. So thank you again, Steve D for coming on and telling us about your cool game. Absolute pleasure to be here guys. Yes, it was so fun having you and going through this really interesting uh, mm -hmm. character creation. And, and uh, I know as of right now, the one, the uh, one page one shot lightning round uh, part one will not be out until tomorrow but you you've got a whole bunch of one page or, or one shot games don't you yeah absolutely we have yeah. um on our on our itch page primarily uh tinstargames.itch.io we have a whole bunch of one page rpgs and, and micro rpgs uh we try to do a, a one pager every year at halloween so uh this year's was about a true event where princess die was snuck into a gay club by freddie mercury um back in the 80s and um uh yeah you get to sort of there's a we've written a solo role-playing game about that and yeah there's all sorts of cool stuff there that's pay what you want or free or um cheap so please check it out if you like odd little games well yeah i don't think we got any 10 star games on the first one page one shot lightning round but we'll definitely have to get a few on the next one yeah nice so i think that's that's everything from us so austin do you want to close us out with a cat pun absolutely joel I have put a lot of thought into this for the past 30 seconds. All right. <clears throat> it's been fun having you all. Um, thank you for staying, listening, um, you know, watching if you're on YouTube, mostly listening. But hopefully you can come back next week and we can continue to whisker you away. <laughs>